Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got a little news for you. It's the news update on Make It Rain. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Dane. I'm Alex Fasano with your Make It Rain news update. Monday night football and NFC East showdown. A little bit of black magic. The Dallas Cowboys take down the New York Giants 37-18. to Reports are coming in. Ben O'Brien was at the game last night. Apparently he had a hand in that releasing of the black cat uh, right before uh, halftime. So uh, it makes sense as to why the Cowboys ended up winning that game. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get an exclusive interview from Ben O'Brien. Down he's come in contact with in the last year and a half. Huh? Hey, hey yeah. come on. That was, that was a low blow. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the pussy was running away, though, Joe. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah, well, he did look a little scared. That, uh, that scared. cat did look scared. But anyway, I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the Cowboys take down the Giants 37 to 18. Dak Prescott shakes off an interception off the first play. Uh, he finished with 22 of 35 passing, 257 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Ezekiel Elliott, 23 carries for 139 yards. No touchdown, though, but that's okay. Amari Cooper, four catches for 80 yards and one touchdown. Not enough for Yang to beat me in the pit league, however. I'm finally out of last play place okay. yay let's go three straight wins so uh I, I smell a little bit of a comeback here coming but probably not uh so yang? i beat yang yes uh i'm, sp- I'm now a sp- that mean, me and yang are now like tied for the last playoff spot so i appreciate 100%. the help hey you know you what got there. i've taken the role in last place huh ventra is in last place he is two and eight i believe uh, or, or excuse me, uh, two, two and seven. Where's Antonio is all you need to know. Where's Antonio, exactly. But uh, I've, I've assumed the role of the spoiler team in the pit league, so I'm going to do my best to uh, try and yeah, help who out. These, uh, who are these uh, Biff's tool bags that I smoked this past week here? Was <laughs> Biff's? BFFs. Oh, was Biff's? Oh, the BFFs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're now Biff's because they Biff's. got their asses uh, handed to them. You got in the yeah. DeLorean all of a sudden. <laughs> went yeah. to 1965 again and saw Biff. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, and it's Frank Stamson and uh, Greg Sussman, who I believe rolled Sussman right now. So if you <laughs> yep. want to talk to Mac, I believe Sussman can hear you. <laughs> no, that's it. Rolled him, Sussman. Rolled you. <laughs> we got to stop by uh, George Kurtz, however, though. He's the one in first place. You know what I'm saying? Kurtz is ridiculous. ridiculous. How did he even get that team? Joking with you, Joe. Now you get Kareem Hunt back. <laughs> right. And he's available. I'm just telling you right now, available for trades. All right, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Kareem Hunt and see what Joe decides to do with him. Uh, for the Giants on the other side of the ball, Daniel Jones, 210 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But he led the team in rushing yards. He had six carries for 54 yards. Saquon Barkley only had 28 yards on 14 carries. But Saquon was the leading receiver for the Giants with six catches for 67 yards. What a backwards day for New York. Uh, three turnovers for the Giants. Very costly. Dallas sacked Daniel Dimes five times. Not a good outing for the New York Giants. But uh, hey, a little black magic, a little black cat. Congratulations to the Cowboys, who are now, I believe, four and four on the season. Or five and three, excuse me, five and three on the season. Uh, let's switch to the NBA, guys. Some games from last night. The Phoenix Suns taking down the Philadelphia 76ers, handing them their first loss of the season. The Suns win 114-109. to 109. Uh, Devin Booker drops 40 
points and along with four rebounds. Ricky Rubio added a double-double of 21 points and 10 assists for Philadelphia. Al Horford drops 32 points, five rebounds. Tobias Harris adds a double-double of his own for 24 points and 10 rebounds. Next game for the 76ers is in Utah as they take on the Jazz on Wednesday and the Phoenix Suns host the Heat on Thursday. The Nets beat the Pelicans 135-125 to despite the Pelicans scoring a franchise record 48 points in the third quarter, most uh, for the team in a single quarter. Brandon Ingram also had a new career high, 40 points, 5 rebounds. Lonzo Ball added 15 points and 7 rebounds as well. But on the winning side, Kyrie Irving drops 39 points, 9 assists, a near double-double for him. Jared Allen finishes with a double-double of 18 points and 10 rebounds. The next next game comes on the road as they take on the Portland Trailblazers on Friday, and the Pelicans host the Rockets on Friday as well. Uh, guys, I wanted to get into this. Anthony Davis, um, he obviously just is enjoying his time in, in, in L.A. with the Lakers, but he loves teasing the league. So He's a free agent next summer, but he's expected to resign with the Lakers, but he's in Chicago for the game tonight against the Bulls, and he met with the boys and girls basketball team from his alma mater, uh, Protect- Perspectives Charter High School, and uh, one of the kids asked him, if you get a chance to come home and play for the Bulls, would you? And he said, quote, honestly, it's nothing like playing home. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I am a free agent next year, but we'll see. It's a possibility. He called Chicago the mecca of basketball, and we all know uh, right down the block it's Madison Square yeah, it's Garden. A across the street that would disagree. But let me ask you guys. I was going to ask, do you guys believe Chicago is the mecca? Or you still think New York is still the mecca of basketball? No, no, it's New York. 100% New York. I mean, yeah. even, even lately as we yeah. haven't... <laughs> Absolutely. You still got like Rucker Playground and stuff like that to consider, you know, West 4th Street courts to consider the the, the mecca of basketball. I think it's it's an overall thing. Right. Mecca of street ball, says Bavona in the pit. All right, some games tonight in the NBA. The Celtics take on the Cavs. The Spurs take on the Hawks. The Lakers take on the Bulls. And the Heat take on the Nuggets. And I'm doing it. I'm throwing it out there because I'm going to be there tonight. The Islanders host the Senators. They're going for 11 straight games in NHL. Senators are plus 210 on the money line. The over-under is six goals. Let's go, Islanders. We're going for 11 straight wins. Going to send it back. college team. Shut your pie hole, Ottawa, please. You're listening to the Sports Grid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. Yes, exactly. The Ottawa Senators. Banging on the Ottawa. Ooh, come on. Listen, you don't win against the Ottawa Senators, then you burn the shirt. Burn the shirt, the fandom, and everything else. Unbelievable. Welcome in hour two here. Make it rain on the grid sportsgrid.com coming up here uh in just about 15 minutes we'll have uh our uh and i can't wait to talk to him 16 year nfl veteran he is now a host on 95 7 the game in san francisco lorenzo neal will join us he was a uh talking about a tough nose hard nose mm-hmm. football guy it's exactly the kind of guy uh, gruden and company as well as john lynch and others are uh, are looking for and building teams with. So we'll get his perspective on the Bay Area football scene and what's going on coming up. And we talk college basketball. It's back. You got Duke. You got Kansas. You got Michigan State. You got Kentucky. You got Ed, just a hell of a way to kick off the college basketball season with those games tonight. Plus Ball State, Western Michigan at 8 o'clock. And Kent State, Toledo. A little Mac action football tonight, Dane. And action. listen, you give me two... 
you give me two football games, right? You give me 87 college basketball games. Oh, yeah, the uh, the Ottawa Senators are going to take down the Islanders. And then you've got uh, the NBA as well. So you got a whole lot of stuff going on. And if now would be a good time, just to mention, once again, Dane, if you guys are new, just joining us, Dane and I are uh, big believers in uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, those, Dane, I think uh, today is election day, too. So there are a number of states that will be going to the polls, voting on whether or not to bring uh, sports betting into the Ooh, uh, into the polls yes. in their states. Colorado is one that comes to mind. And uh, I would encourage you guys to go out and vote yes. But I would Jeez. also encourage those of you that are uh, dabbling and looking to get involved now and uh, want to do a little sports investing. Um, slow and steady wins the race, Dane. Slow and steady. It could be 87 games on like there is tonight. Doesn't mean you got to play five, four. Doesn't even mean you got to play any of them, Dane. Absolutely right. Bankroll management. You don't have to play them all. It's like the Brazilian steakhouse with the coaster on green and red. Don't Thank you very much. That's correct. It's okay to go to the salad bar every now and then. It's okay. No need. You got to bet them all. God, another go for a Brazilian steakhouse right now. Why did you even bring that up? All right, hour two. Come, Come on up, Joe. Let's we'll go together. Uh, yeah, because I ain't got a shortage of Brazilians down here. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, I'll be coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, here we go. Our number two on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Time to make it rain as we'll take a look at uh, some of these uh, matchups here today. And, of course, Thursday will be here before you know it. Week 10 of the NFL season will be kicking off. And we got a great one there. San Diego. San Diego, damn it. Chargers taking on Speaking of the which, Oakland Raiders. They'll always do San, San Diego. I saw a report that the Chargers – yeah, maybe a team threatening to not be in San Diego or L.A. in a few years. You know well, about this? They're talking about I London. I do. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, though, because the, the flip side of that is, of course, um, uh, pro football, to, uh, pro football talk there. Florio and company are reporting that the Chargers are threatening to move to London and saying that they are interested in moving to London, which, of course, um, would put a damper in uh, in Khan's plans there with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, also, there is a report that there are some rumblings, uh, that whole shared stadium situation Kirk thing Monty? they're yeah, building. The yeah, they don't feel like uh, the Chargers are bringing enough to the table. So <laughs> there are some uh, questions also about how long Khan is going to keep pushing off. Maybe he has said he wants to go, that he is going. So there are some that believe, listen, uh, if you don't get off the pot here, uh, yeah, the Chargers are coming. So there's a lot of different things in play here, depending on which side you want to believe. There is definitely some animosity going on in California between the two uh, L.A. teams. And there is some animosity going on in London and the NFL now going and when Jacksonville, like you've been saying this for five years now, when are you leaving? Like, when's so it coming? 
Yes. Like, let's go. Get off the pot. If you're going to do it, let's do it. Uh, But uh, I do think, of course, Jacksonville will be eventually that team in London. Uh, He was pretty adamant about it. He's been adamant about it. So, uh, but it's funny. You throw a couple of things out in the media, Dane, like that, and you get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. It's funny how that stuff works. Well, it's the same Um, thing as like Tampa Bay talking about playing half their games in Montreal. That's all leverage. That's all leverage. Exactly correct. And it's funny you mentioned Tampa Bay. Interesting enough, uh, just a couple of uh, baseball notes for us Yankee fans who are still wallowing in misery. Yeah. Uh, Can you believe that? uh, And I, you know, you would have said this a year ago, Dane. We would have laughed at you. But looks like Didi Gregorius has played his last game as a New York Yankee. They uh, are not picking up his uh, yeah. his extra option there. They're not extending him a qualified offer, which in all likelihood means that now Didi could sign at a reduced rate, but, but that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, baseball will extend a qualified offer to guys like Garrett Cole, who they know are leaving anyway, because you can get a compens- you can get a draft pick in return for whoever signs them. But the Yankees aren't even giving him the qualified offer here. And that usually signals that, yeah, he's not going to get what he would have gotten a year ago before the Tommy John. And it probably means that he's no – Didi Gregorius is not a lifelong Yankee. is mind-blowing to me right now, Dane. Yeah, it does look like they're going to move on. But they got so much young talent. Remember, oh. even got a guy like Andujar coming back. And they can move yes. Torres. You know, they can move Torres back to his natural position of shortstop. DJ LeMahieu can play either corner. So it yep. looks like, unfortunately, Didi's the one without a chair when the music stops. And a lot of it is timing. You know, his contract came up uh, at the wrong time. But, yep. you know, Didi, a uh, great Yankee. Uh, we got him in the trade with Arizona a few mm-hmm. years back. And, you know, I got nothing bad to say about Didi, a great culture piece of that team as yep. well. And they may still extend him an offer just at a lower rate, but I think he's gone because I do think there'll yeah. be a market for someone like Didi Gregorius out there. Yeah, he it's um, and he will. He won't. But it's it's hard to think of Didi as uh, yeah. not a New York Yankee, but with Gio Urshela and Glaber Torres and the right. and DJ LeMahieu, who I can guarantee you they are going to be offering him uh, an extended deal. There's just no room for him, unfortunately. And yeah. that's just a fact. Of, but, uh, you know, it's so funny. A year ago, there was not even a question of whether they were going to, you know, pick up the option or extend him. And all. Yeah, not, not anymore. It's uh, amazing what happens, what happens in one year. Come out and actually perform. You yep, know, it pushes exactly. everybody else. And, you know, kids are cheaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's put it that way, too. And they're younger, they're cheaper, and they didn't have to go through Tommy John surgery. So that's the hey. bottom line. At it sucks, but. It's a yeah, right. Exactly. It's a it's a fact of life, but it'll be very interesting to see once uh, baseball gets revved back up. Where does Cole live? Where does Strasburg go? Where does uh, guys like Jake Odorizzi are on the mark? There's a lot of dudes that are going to be up for grabs here from the pitching front. We'll see exactly where that heads to, Dane, because I do think it's going to be one hell of a uh, offseason in Major League Baseball. Some teams might be looking a hell of a lot different. Uh, come next April, man. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. I think that's actually a, a good sure. thing to mix it up a little bit. 
Yeah, listen, in baseball, we've had that idea of betting the quote-unquote big three all year long, right? Mm -hmm. The Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers. You look at the World Series favorites, the Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers. You don't want to fall into that territory the NBA was in for a while where it's like, wake me up when it's Golden State versus LeBron. So having new ideas. And remember, with the two wild cards, a lot of teams see themselves in contention. Keep an eye, Joe. I said it before. I'll say it again. I think the Angels are going to spend a boatload of money Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah, both Cole and Strasburg are from the area. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point, man. Yes, they are. It could very you don't well hire be. Joe Madden to be your new manager in the I prime don't. of Mike Trout's career unless you're good ready point. to shove all in. Yep. And uh, listen, Artie Marino, you've been a cheap asset for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that you even gave him $400 million, a lot of people are were shocked. But you're going to have to pay again if you want to be realistic and you want to be you got to pay. I mean, that's the the reality. Money coming off the books this season? Two more years, I think. Oh, okay. I think he's got two more on there. And, yeah, but, again, you can always defer that and everything else that's, you know, that they do in Major Little. Look at Bonilla. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Ridiculous. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. Bobby Bonilla. Um, All right, so tonight, a couple of college games real quick, uh, guys, just to let you know, the Mac Action football matchups, if you can believe it, Mac Action on Tuesday night. Dane, do I need to even explain the midweek under process here? Do we need to go over? I look at two totals that are 63 and 61 and a half tonight. And both of them are way overblown, <laughs> way, way overblown. Uh, now, Western Michigan and Ball State is the better of the two games from the standpoint of those two are still battling for MAC supremacy. They have an opportunity, obviously, to take uh, the MAC title. Uh, the But, again, Kent State and Toledo are two teams that give up points. They don't necessarily score a whole lot of points. I see both of these days in situations where they're overvalued. You got huge wind again tonight in Toledo. 15-mile-per-hour wins. You've got a midweek game on a Tuesday night, short week. This got under – I mean, to be in the 60s is a little mind-blowing to me, Dane. Even in the first half, this has got under, guys. We've seen it time and time again this year. Midweek college football games, the unders Mm -hmm. have been really, really valuable. And I think both, both like you said, both numbers. Hell, Ball State, West Michigan opened up at 64. Like, you got to be – that's a lot of points for kids in uh, in the middle of the week, man. Well, listen, we talk about this as a trend in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of getting these unders, a short turnaround, the travel, less practice. Now just apply that to 19 and 20-year-olds and you have your yes. answer. And honestly, Joe, like, I got to ask you, are, are both of these teams coming off games like last Tuesday? Or did they play Friday or Saturday? Because like Tuesday, if they played a normal time frame last week is incredibly quick yes it is extremely quick for 40s i believe if i'm not mistaken i'm fairly certain ball state uh or western michigan rather took down bowling green over the weekend if i'm not mistaken they beat them 49 to nothing i'm fairly it was either friday night or saturday i think it was like two or three days rest here I'm, or it was a and week traffic. prior, and they're they're coming off their bye week. But I don't know that okay. you'd have four teams coming off the uh, the bye week. It's interesting. Look up because uh, they did beat more than a Thursday game. You know. Yeah, the let me see here. Bowling Green uh, football. I know they got crushed because they were laying twenty eight, and they had no problem covering Toledo. That was on the twelfth. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Bowling Green, uh, Western Michigan. 
Bowling Green, Western Michigan was the 26th was their last game. Oh, so they had a bye in between. Okay. So they did have a bye. Okay. Bye. So the bye. Tuesday's real quick. Yep. Yeah, because that is very, very quick. So the, both of these teams, because from this right. point on, we'll have Tuesday night Mac football. So sure. keep that in mind. Now they're on that schedule. But this game's going to be good tonight. Yeah, All right, we'll talk to Lorenzo Neal next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, welcome back into the grid, sportsgrid.com. Uh, I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez here as we look to make it rain. Week nine in the books in the NFL. Week 10, just a couple of nights away. Thursday night football, AFC West. Says, I'm going to do it again, damn it. Chargers taking on the Oakland Raiders. And uh, joining us now, he's a 16-year NFL veteran. He's the host on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. He's in the Bay Area. Lorenzo Neal joins us. And, Lorenzo, thanks for uh, waking up this morning here and hanging with us for a couple of minutes. Oh, guys, I'm ready to go. I've been up already for two and a half hours. I get up at 2.30 every morning just so I can get prepared for radio. I'm in the gym getting my lift on because I got to go on air at 6 o'clock. I'm ready. I'm ready to make your listeners some money. I'm ready to talk some football. They're going to say, forget all the gambling aspects. Bring Low Neal in. He gives us nothing but loss. I'm better than anyone out there. You guys are saying, you guys going to be calling me up next week saying, Low, we need some more Lolo. That's right, man. And for just $49.95 a month. No, I'm only kidding. Um, all right, Lorenzo, I want to ask you here because we were uh, we were talking uh, last hour about John Gruden and the job that the Oakland Raiders have done. They just uh, they come home for the first time in over a month that they were on the road playing football games. They're a four and four football team. But man, I watched this team from everything, the crap that they have had to go through between the ripping of Khalil Mack and uh, and Derek Carr can't play to what in the hell is Mike Mayock drafting? Um, I, well, I think I know exactly what kind of team they're drafting. They're drafting hard nosed high-character football guys, and it's starting to pay off on the football field. How impressed should we be with what the Oakland Raiders are doing right now? You should be very impressed. And when you talk about a guy, let's not even mention his name, but you know who, just think if that guy would have bought in and said, I really want to play here, I want to be a great receiver here, think where the Raiders would be. You can't tell me they wouldn't have beat the Texans. They were in that freaking game when they went to Green Bay. Had that car, bad decision, a little careless with the ball. They would have went up with a 14-point swing. That's a different ball game. This game, this team has been in games. They have been very, very competitive. Even when you look at Kansas City, the second week, Kansas City scored all their points in the first half. They didn't do anything in the second half. And Kansas City right now, their, their defense has been the Achilles heel. So when you look at the AFC West, I think right now it's safe to say, in my opinion, I think that the Raiders and the Chargers are the two teams that have the momentum, the two teams that are playing better defense, the two teams that say, hey, we're going to make a commitment to running the ball, and you see it week in and week out. That's why I can't wait for this game on Thursday night. 
Absolutely, Lorenzo. Sounds like he's on the treadmill as he's answering, hyped up in the morning. We love it. Lorenzo, I want to ask you about the other Bay Area team because they're the one that's undefeated, right? But here's the thing. A few weeks ago, they shut out the Redskins, right, in the slop. Then the following week, they run for over 200 yards, and they've done that multiple times this season, right? Then last week, we get right. Jimmy G throwing for four touchdowns. What I'm so impressed by is that it looks like these Niners can win games however they need to, which is what's going to really benefit them in the playoffs. But let me ask it to you this way. I know a team like, say, like New England, they always try to make you play left-handed. Take away what you do best. What would that even be against the San Francisco 49ers? You know what I mean? Like, they're so multiple. They're, sure, so, sure. they're so flexible. What, what is the best part of that team? How would they play left-handed? Well, well, I don't think you can get them to play left-handed. Look no further than the Super Bowl three years ago. You look at Cal Shanahan as the offensive coordinator of Atlanta. They're up 24 to what, 24-7 halftime? And they stopped running his ball the second half. Cal Shanahan learned a lot from that. He had Bill Belichick. He had the master, the guru, the sensei. Had him confused, combobulated. He had him. They had that team on the road. And now, when we talk about can New England make you play left-handed? Ask me how that worked out last week when they went into Baltimore. They had that. If you know, I've seen trained. I've seen trained monkeys. I've seen trained lions and tigers and bears on mine. But you ain't never seen a trained jackrabbit. That Lamar Jackson, he can go this way, that way. He just. Unbelievable. He's the closest thing that I've seen to Michael Vick, but throws the ball. He can throw. He has to continue to work on that. But he's going to be a threat, and he wears defenses out. So I don't think New England has the answer for these types of teams that are playing. And when you talk about Cal Shanahan, I think it's just that creativity, diversity, what he's been able to do, not with one, but two backup tackles. I'm talking about they're not playing with their first string. They're not playing with their second string. They're playing with their fourth and fifth string tackles. Their two tackles are out. Joe, he's out. The other Grancy's out, and then your swing tackle, the third string tackle, broke his ankle in the uh, third preseason game. So now you're playing with your fifth and fifth and fourth and fifth string tackle, and they're still able to run the ball because it's by design. Cal Shanahan is playing with school, who's only 260 pounds. He's running, he's running sprint draws to that side because he's getting beat, getting pushed up the field. So what happens? There's a vacancy, there's a vacancy there. Boom! He's finding that little scene. He understands what his personnel is, and he misdirection. He makes the defense have to play honest. Look at Keekly. He's one of the best inside linebackers from the Carolina Panthers. You look at this guy. He's a pro bowl, has the best first step in the game. They motorboat him. They came into San Francisco and guys got motorboated. Why? Because Cal Shanahan's his diversity on offense. He split them up. He make you play, play stay at home there. You got to stay at home in the middle. Then you got to stay home. You divide the field up into threes. Just like when you play cover three, guys. You play cover three. One corner has a third. The other corner has a third. Another one. That's three across. You're playing the third. Great. Cal Shanahan's offense make you play your third. It makes defenses can't swarm tackle. They can't get out. They can't hit guys. Because of the fact the way they play, they don't allow you to just run to the ball because all the things that are going on, the mirrors, the smoking mirrors around that offense, it keeps defenses honest. So I think that they're going to be hard to stop for, for, for a long time. Lorenzo Neal, 16-year NFL veteran, host on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, joining us from the treadmill. All right, I got to ask you because we're in, uh, we're in New York and we are – uh, we're both Jet fans, and, and you just talked about Kyle Shanahan. We just talked about Belichick, Andy Reid. Like, you go down the list. The NFL is a coach's league. The NBA is about stars. The NFL is about coaching. And there are a couple of guys in this NFL that it just appear that are in way over their head. Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland and Adam Gase in New York. 
What are the signs for New York Jet fans that maybe this team has quit on their head coach? And is there anything from an organizational standpoint worse than a coach losing the locker room? I know it's not, guys. Hell, I played for some bad teams. I played for the Saints when they were called the Aints. Mm-hmm. I had I had Jim Moore playoff. I had the guy walk out of the fifth game of the season and say, guys, come into a meeting on Monday and say, I'm done. I'm out. I quit. Walked off the stage. Guys, I've been there. We were wearing bags to, to games. And then also played for the Bengals, a.k.a. the Bengals. I mean, I've seen bad organizations. I understand what it looks like. But I'll tell you right now, guys, I'll tell you when they knew that it was over. I knew that this team was done. The caboodle, and they were quitting on him, unlike the Miami Dolphins, is when you saw the other day when they tried to trade everyone, Le'Veon Bell at the fire sale. When you do that and you have thrown in a white towel flag, you have given up. And you, when you give up, players are going to give up on you. And just Gates, was, Adam Gates with his play call and the things that he's done, especially when you're playing in England, having seven-step drops, different things they're doing, have your quarterback say he's seeing ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I mean, it's a situation where you just looked at the Jets and they have talent on that team and they decided to punt. You thought that they was going to compete at least a little bit more than what they are. This team is done. Everyone knows it. That's why I picked the Miami Dolphins. That's right, guys. I picked the Miami Dolphins, won money on the Miami Dolphins, knew they were going to go in there and motorboat them, guys. Beat them, take them out to the woodshed and just motorboat them. Well, you were not the only one that picked him last week, Lorenzo, and I'm a and I'm a Jets fan, and I picked against him because I found there it going yes, last. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. And listen, I remember you in '97 as well. So let me ask you this, Lorenzo. I would be remiss if I did not ask you. Okay, one of the things you mentioned with San Francisco is they're on their backup tackles. You talk about the scheme in the run game. Another huge piece of that that's not there is Kyle Uzcheck. But I want to ask it to you like this: You are a fullback, Lorenzo, and Uzcheck may be like the only one really left in the NFL. What does a guy like you, who played fullback as a lead blocker, what do you think about? The NFL right now, you know, with its preponderance of spread offenses and the rules around tackling and pass interference and hitting the quarterback, what would what would the player Lorenzo Neal feel about the rules and the NFL in 2019 as a fullback? Your position is going away, man. How does it feel? Oh my God, guys! I could not wait for you to ask that question. I was looking forward to that. I was hoping and praying that you guys asked that question. I got you. Guys, I'll tell you what. When I was in the when I was in the kindergarten, we had we had a teacher. His name was Mr. Cole, and he said, "Hey, boys and girls, I want you guys to bring your favorite fruit and vegetables to school, and we're going to talk about them." And they brought in strawberries and peaches and bananas. Everyone's giving these great stories about God. What a strawberry and a plum and the chip, all these great things. And my grandma, she said, "Here, son, I want you to bring that old onion." And I reached in my bag and I pulled out that old onion. People start laughing at me saying, what? An onion? They were talking about onion. I feel that fullback position is just like that onion because you know what? Everyone talks about that onion. You can't, I don't like it. It stinks, all those things. Make you cry when you're cutting it. But when you want that good old soup, you got to call on that onion. When you want that good old hamburger, you got to call on that onion. And that's what Kyle Shanahan has done, boys. He said, I want that good running game. I'm calling on that onion. I know this position isn't flashy. I know it's not sexy, but I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to line up and we're going to play. We're going to play. We're not going to play basketball on the grass. We're going to run the ball north and south, and we're going to break your wheel, and we're going to impose our will. And I'm telling you right now, guys, who's the two most physical teams in the National Football League? There are two teams that can run. I'll tell you guys who it is. It's the Baltimore Ravens and it's the San Francisco 49ers. Why? Because they run the ball, they get downhill, and watch, guys, the Philadelphia Eagles, they finally figured it out. 
They're running the ball. If you can run the ball in the National Football League, your defense makes your defense better at practice. And if you're running it in the NFL on game day, defenses don't want to tackle guys. It's a soft league. Everyone wants to spread it out. Ask the Rams how that's worked out when they was going all this vertical. They got they got figured out. Belichick figured them out. And now I'm telling you right now, the run game is coming back, guys. It's coming back. All right, Lorenzo Neal here. Before we let you go, got about 30 seconds. Give me the damn winner Thursday night. Who's taking the AFC West? Come on. Chicken, chicken. Ooh, I think this one, you just tease it. Take the other team. Tease it down to six. Put them in a parlay. Because this nice. game right here, it's going to be a tough game, physical game. Take it, tease it to six, get it to six either way, and you got a for sure winner. I love it. Fellow degenerate Lorenzo Neal, 95-7 the game, San Francisco. Make sure you guys are streaming them. Lorenzo, thanks for the time, brother. Enjoy the games this week. Thanks a lot, man. No worries. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Peace. But Christ, I got to go and get up now and walk around Where's the room. I don't know what's going on here. I don't even through. know what to do right now, man. Ridiculous. I'm going to go do a few push-ups. We'll be back. Make it rain next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Lorenzo Neal, 95-7. Wow. The game in San Francisco, he's going on in about, uh, I don't know, about 20 minutes or so, uh, a little three-hour behind difference, but he's up at 2 o'clock in the gym. That a boy, yeah. Lorenzo Neal. You ain't not there. setting up on Lorenzo Neal. He's setting up on you. Although, Lorenzo, you never you never tease a pick'em game to six either way. You still got to figure out who's going to win the game, man. What the hell's we'll wrong teach, with we'll you? Teach. All right. But the bottom line is, you got to be able to run the damn football in the NFL. Otherwise, you are screwed. And I think that's um, that's a great point, which I, between Baltimore and San Francisco, I don't know two teams that run the ball better than either of those two. And I think there's a reason why there's a lot of conversation surrounding both those teams. Uh, Baltimore getting a little healthier. Of course, San Francisco getting a little healthier, too. Uh, getting their offensive line back, getting their fullback back. The secondary is healthier now in Baltimore. Jimmy Smith's back. Look at that. Earl Thomas, Jimmy Smith. They got a lot of veterans in that secondary of Baltimore, guys. They got some guys that can make life difficult, especially for younger quarterbacks. So uh, we head into week 10, and I think it's uh, the backstretch here is going to be a lot of fun to see how this unfolds. And already... I mean, two days away, we got Thursday night football. It is a beast of a game between those two. And like Lorenzo said, um, the secondary and the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be their downfall. No matter how good Mahomes is, they got to be able to stop people. And they just have not been able to do it consistently enough. And it's one thing to beat Kirk Cousins at home. It's going to be a whole different thing to, uh, to be able to get for a second time around, you know, a Baltimore Ravens team or a New England Patriots team, uh, you know, who can play defense. It's going to be interesting. Kansas City, definitely the favorite, but I don't think Kansas City has a lot more room for error. Otherwise, I think the Chargers and the Raiders, Dane, they're going to be right there, uh, ready to go ahead and, and do battle for that AFC West crown. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, we think we're going to get Patty Mahomes back this week for the Chiefs, and that completely changes the dynamic, right? If mm-hmm. Mahomes is back and he is, you know, mobile and able to make plays, then I'll, you know, I'm very comfortable continuing to favor the Chiefs in the AFC West. But I do think whoever wins this game, Joe, uh, Chargers Raiders on Thursday night, you know, is sitting pretty in pole position for, say, second place in the West. And to be quite honest, second place in the West is going to be live for a wild card. I think it's going to be second place in the West versus second place in the South versus the Buffalo Bills. Two of those three teams will get into the playoffs. So this is a huge game for that race. And now, like you mentioned, Joe, the idea that we're on the back half of the schedule, we are going to have to start talking about playoff positions, wild cards, things of that nature. We saw the playoff graphic for the first time, I think, on Monday Night Football last night. But, Joe, we talked about Thursday. All of the primetime games this week, I think, are actually really high quality. You got the Thursday night game. Monday night is Seattle-San Francisco out Mm -hmm. west, which I think is going to be ridiculous. And Minnesota-Dallas on Sunday night is now a battle of contending wildcard kind of teams. So it starts Thursday, but the primetime games this week, I think, are a treat for everybody. Yeah, and some pretty damn important games, too, uh, coming up. I think the... It's the last hurrah for some teams to save their season, like the Bears, who will be hosting Detroit. Uh, the clock, is, time is up, guys. So you got to decide what they are and what Matt Nagy is, because if they don't win at home against Detroit, and already the money, at least they opened up as a three and a half point favorite, it's now down to two and a half. Guess who's getting the money? It ain't Chicago, guys. Right. So, uh, you know, it's at a crossroads. Uh, Indy. You got to figure out what you are here, man. Uh, it it opened up at 15 and a half. Dane, it's 10 and a half now. All right. So all of a sudden, the whole Jacoby Brissett may or may not play. Well, according to a lot of places, he's a five point swing. Uh, I don't think Brian Hoyer. I think that's a little ridiculous. I don't think that Brian Hoyer is uh, is is that the detrimental. It's not like Luke Falk, but. The markets say it's a five-point swing. Indy uh, at home taking on a Miami Dolphins team who has covered the last four games and is not quitting. That's apparent. We see that. And how about Green Bay, Carolina? Green Bay at home trying to turn the corner here. Also opened up as a seven-point favorite at home. Now only five and a half. Money coming in on uh, on Kyle Allen and company. Maybe people uh, taking a look at that Green Bay defense and going not nearly as tough as you thought they are. A guy like Christian McCaffrey could keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. And, of course, that would be a problem. So it's interesting, some of these early line movements with some of these kind of make-or-break games and not a lot of love being shown towards the favorites right now. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned the Green Bay game, and then you talked about Detroit and Chicago, teams in that division. One, one thing that's interesting to me, is that all four teams in the NFC North lost last week, Mm -hmm. okay? So when you talk about Green Bay, yeah, they lay a stinker out there with the Chargers, but they didn't lose any ground. And in fact, they picked up ground because their loss was a non-conference loss, you know? And so now when you talk about games like this, like Green Bay, Carolina, those are two NFC kind of playoff teams going at Mm -hmm. it. You talk about Detroit, Chicago, that's an elimination game in that division, in my opinion. And to be quite Mm -hmm. honest, Joe, I I like Detroit. At least they they are – 
I think, building in the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah, they lose their their running backs and carry on Johnson. They're going to go at it with Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick. But Stafford's that gamer. You see that defense starting. I, I think yep. I think this is another one. You talked about like the Bills as plus two and a half, plus three, and that was weird. To me, yep. it is weird that the Bears are three-point favorites in this game. They seem to be a dumpster fire. Trubisky is also, you know, put him in the same category as Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and quarterbacks who are regressing over time when they should be taking a step forward. And I, yep. I like Detroit, especially plus the points in this game. Uh, it's uh, it's a really the, the line movements here are crazy. Even uh, Pittsburgh at home, opened up at three and a half. Now it's been pushed to four as the Rams come to town, coming off a bye. Pittsburgh, yeah. I give them credit, man. Talk about a team grinding their way. Uh, they are grinding their way big time. I know the public is going to love the Rams, Dane, but I'm not so sure that you want to give them any, you know, are we going to creep into that four and a half uh, zone here? Are we going to get that much volume coming in to push the Rams? I you know, the Rams are a good team, but on the road in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh plays defense, plays great defense. And maybe uh, they start to get Connor back a little healthier there. Uh, Pittsburgh is not a team to look past either this week at home against the Rams. No, absolutely right. And remember, they're an example that I've used that are not the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. They right. were able to salvage and turn it around with leadership, similar mm-hmm. to say, oh, I don't know, the Eagles or the Chargers, you know, but... For me, Joe, I'm not going to have a take on this game until I know more about James Conner's uh, availability. I think he's a big part of this for the Steelers. What do you Jaylen think of Samuel's Samuels, job? What do you think he, he did? He was all right. But for me, Jalen Samuels, if you look at the box score, Jalen Samuels was all – he caught like 13 passes, Joe. They didn't have the run game with mm-hmm. Jalen Samuels. They used him a lot out of the backfield. I still think they need Conner ter- to be able to run the ball effectively, and I think they're going to need to be two-dimensional against the Rams. Yeah, I, I listen, and I, and I give credit because Mason Rudolph has come along. He's gotten a little bit better every week since he came back from the concussion. He was – you're not going to ask him to go out there and win games, but as far as the game manager situation goes, if you you got a great offensive line, you've got some weapons. If you Even if you're using the short passing game as the running game, which is what it looks like they did there, I'm with right. you. Give me Connor and give me the threat of the run. And I think that, yeah, this game will probably be a heck of a lot closer than uh, than yeah. most people think. And then, of course, Tampa Bay, Arizona. I think this is interesting, too. Tampa Bay at home. Tampa has lost some heartbreakers here, man. They have been yeah. in just about – they should be a five-win team. I mean, yeah. they have lost in the most unbelievable ways. Tampa's no joke, man. I, I, I You know, people sleep on them, but – Tampa Bay, I think, is, you know, a couple of plays away from being a 5-6 win team. Yeah, listen, Arians at the podium last mm-hmm. week, you know, I mean, they took Seattle and the MVP, in my opinion, to overtime. They got off yep. to a good start. On the on road. It. On the road. And he was saying, like, you know, yeah, we don't get the wins. He's he's doing a little moral victory stuff, but I think it's warranted for that franchise who has a lot to go. And, you know, they have a big decision on Jameis coming up, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But he played better last week. He only had the one fumble, which was, you know, a good play by the defense. He didn't throw any picks. And, Joe, 52 and a half is the total in this game. I yep. mean, is this a trap or, like, is this game going to be in the 30s like I would knee-jerk reaction think? Or is this some kind of trap? Because, you know, everyone's going to be on the over, right? It's, you know, how do you not, though? Honestly, how, hey, do, you, how do you not back the over in this game? This is the game? time where, you know, play. we wind up and it's 17-13. Yep. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, in Tampa Bay. I, I got to think that both of those defenses, although better against the run than they are the pass, I got to think that place is going to get lit up once again, man. It's it did, just going right? to be... It's going to be a, you know, throw the ball as far as you can, as much as you can. And that seems to be the key with Evans this year, isn't it? Just throw yeah, it up and let him run up. under it. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the plan. Well, listen, there, that's right? what Evans has been for a while, all the way back to Johnny Football <laughs> at Texas A&M beating Alabama. That's a good point. Yep. <laughs> it's true. That's exactly who he is as a wide receiver. He's and absolutely I'm, I'm huge. Adding, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yep. But, you know, yep. it's not like he's the great route runner that T.Y. Hilton mm-hmm. is. Let's just say that. Yeah, keep an eye on this uh, Baltimore-Cincinnati game, too. Divisional matchup, okay, and trap written all over it. They're already laying 10, that being Baltimore. Cincinnati's covered a lot of games this year just like this where teams maybe look past. You're coming off a big win against New England. This has got letdown written all over it, Dan. This is a tough game. Uh, Baltimore will win, but I don't know that they cover. This has got trap written all over it. The debut of the guy I've been talking about since August, Ryan Finley, looked good in the preseason. This is going to be different than the preseason. Earl Thomas is going (laughs) to fake a coverage in a way you've never seen before. Okay, so, you know, yeah, you're right. This could be a kind of trap spot. But they could also just overwhelm that offensive line and the rookie making his debut. And here's the other thing. This Cincinnati defense, what is like the worst part of them? They can't Mm -hmm. stop the run, Joe. San Francisco ran for like 250 yards on them. Just ask Lorenzo Neal how important that is. Baltimore is going to run all over this team. Lamar might get 100. He's going to get 100, that's for sure. Okay, All right. What, the, is, what is the prop bet for Lamar Jackson rushing yards against the Cincinnati Bengals? It's not up yet, Joe, but where would you hang it? I don't know. Like, honestly, I'm thinking the first number is a seven. What do you think? I was going to put it even higher than that, to tell you the truth. Uh, yeah, but the problem is he might not play the whole game. Who the hell knows what they're going to do there in that. That game could be – or, listen, it, he we've seen him struggle in situations. Like, he's still – he's only a second-year guy. It's not like – you know, he. this is a big spot. This is another step in his evolution. It's so easy to be able to go, wow, we just beat New England. Uh, it's only Cincinnati, now guys. expectations, though, uh, you know? And that's a yep. different beast, Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, it yep. was great when he was able to say, like, hey, pretty good for a running back, right? Because yep. everyone thought he was something. Now he is the co-favorite to win the NFL MVP award. And he's right. facing a team that is winless, right? So now all of a sudden he's supposed to dominate. Let's see what happens. I still think he can, but yeah. it's a different equation. It's a, And it's a different situation altogether and again division rivals you know there's nothing Cincinnati's been here done this before against you this is not a team that doesn't play you once every three years this is a team that plays you twice a year so this is a spot where if you're not careful spoiler right like this is their season teams with nothing to lose always are dangerous especially double digits double digit home dogs this year have been pretty damn profitable. So look at those uh, Mac unders tonight in both college games. Also take a look at Kansas taking down Duke tonight. That's right. To be Bill Self. Welcome go. to college basketball. I gotta get on. We'll be back tomorrow. Breaking it down. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. What you missed on Make It Rain. Lorenzo Neal joins us. We get right. Jimmy G throwing for four <laughs> touchdowns. What I'm so impressed by is that it looks like these Niners can win games however they need to, which is what's going to really benefit them in the playoffs. But let me ask it to you this way. Oh. I know a team like, say, like New England, they always try to make you play left-handed, take away what you do best. What would that even be against the San Francisco 49ers? You know what I mean? Like, they're so multiple. They're, sure, so, sure. they're so flexible. What, what is the best part of that team? How would they play left-handed? Well, I don't think you can get them to play left-handed. Look no further than the Super Bowl three years ago. You look at Cal Shanahan as the offensive coordinator of Atlanta. They're up 24 to what, 24-7 halftime, and they stop running this ball the second half. Cal Shanahan learned a lot from that. He had Bill Belichick. He had the master, the guru, the sensei. Had him confused, calm, combobulated. He had him. They had that team on the road. And now, when we talk about can New England make you play left-handed, ask me how that worked out last week when they went into Baltimore. They had that. If you know, I've seen train. I've seen train months. I've seen train lions and tigers and bears on mine, but you ain't never seen a trained jackrabbit. That Lamar Jackson, he can go this way, that way. He's just unbelievable. He's the closest thing that I've seen that Michael Vick but throws the ball. He can throw. He has to continue to work on that. But he's going to be a threat, and he wears defenses out. So I don't think New England has the answer for these type of teams that are playing. And when you talk about Cal Shanahan, I think it's just that creativity, diversity, what he's been able to do, not with one, but two backup tackles. I'm talking about they're not playing with their first string. They're not playing with their second string. They're playing with their fourth in fifth string tackles. Your two tackles are out. Joe, he's out. The other t- out. And then your swing tackle, the third string tackle, broke his ankle in the uh, third preseason game. So now you're playing with your fifth and fifth and fourth and fifth string tackles, and they're still able to run the ball because it's by design. Cal Shannon is playing with school, who's only 260 pounds. He's running, he's running sprint draws to that side because he's getting deep, getting pushed up the field. So what happens? There's a vacancy, there's a vacancy there. Boom, he's finding that little scene. He understands what his personnel is and he misdirection. He makes the defense have to play honest. Look at Keekly. He's one of the best inside linebackers from the Carolina Panthers. You look at this guy. He's a pro bowl. Has the best first step in the game. They motorboat him. They came into San Francisco and guys got motorboated. Why? Because Cal Shanahan's his diversity on offense. He split them up. He makes you play, play stay at home there. You got to stay at home in the middle. Then you got to stay home. You divide the field up into three. Just like when you play cover three, guys. You play cover three. One corner has a third. The other corner has a third. Another one. That's three across. You're playing the third. Wait. Kyle Shanahan's offense make you play your third. It makes defenses can't swarm tackle. They can't get out. They can't hit guys. Because of the fact the way they play, they don't allow you to just run to the ball 